All right. Good morning, church. Welcome to Chapel Hill. My name is Paul McVitie. I'm the lead pastor here at Chapel Hill. Merry Christmas. Awfully good to have you guys here this morning. And and uh, forgive me if I say this evening at some point during uh, our time together because it's we're celebrating Christmas Eve this morning. So I know I'm going to mess it up. Um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, where we've been as a church um, over the last few weeks here as we celebrated the Christmas season together. Um, we have been talking about something that we call a thrill of hope. That's a line that comes right out of Oh Holy Night. And we've been talking about this idea of hope. And what they just mentioned there was that hope that he's this kind of savior as well. And we're going to talk about that this morning. But we've been talking about hope. We've been talking about what we put our hope in this Christmas and with our whole lives. What do we put our hope in? What is it that we hope in? And so we've talked about a few different aspects of hope. We've talked about putting our hope in God's promises and his plan. And we talked about the story of Mary and Joseph and where they fit into the Christmas story and the incredible display of hope that they made. The fact that they trusted God's promises. They trusted God's plan. And so they both surrendered themselves to God's plan and how he was going to use them to bring the Savior into the world. And so we talked about putting our hope in God's promises and his plan. And not in anything else, not in the things around us, but in his promises and his plan. And then a couple weeks ago, we had our Christmas musical here. And we talked about all the beauty and the pageantry of the Christmas season, about the traditions, about um, all of the beautiful things, the music, the decorations, the, the lights, all these kinds of things that we do. And, and we talked about the fact that that is kind of the, the wrapping on the gift. It draws us to the gift. And so we don't put our hope just in that. God's inviting us to go beyond that. That draws us to what's inside the package. And we're invited to tear the wrapping off of the package and put our hope in God's gift, in the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. The gift that he gave us, the gift that he gave us to save us and to give us hope. And so we put our hope in that. Last week, we talked about the idea of putting our hope in God's power. And we talked about all of the different demonstrations in the Christmas story of God's power. The miracles that took place. The way that he moved individual lives. The way that he moved an entire nation to take a census at exactly the right time for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. And all of these different displays of God's power. And we talked about the fact that we can put our hope in his power. Not in ours, not in our own wisdom, not in our own strength. But we can put our hope in God's power. And this morning, we're going to talk about putting our hope in God's character. In God's character. We're going to talk about what kind of a savior is he? What kind of a king is he? And hundreds of years before Jesus came, prophets spoke of his arrival. They spoke about him coming. And there were multiple prophets that did it. But I want to read you some verses from one particular prophet. His name is Isaiah. And this is what Isaiah said about the coming of Jesus, the future coming of Jesus. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 and verses 6 and 7. Isaiah said this. He said, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. 
And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Jesus would come to reign over God's kingdom forever. But what kind of king would he be? What kind of king are we celebrating? This one who came and was born in a stable and laid in a manger. What kind of king would he be? I want to share with you this morning two stories that I think really showcase the character of this king. They showcase God's character. And so I want to share these stories with you this morning. Um, How many of you have traveled by bus before? And I'm not talking about riding the bus to school. I'm talking about a cross-country trip on a Greyhound bus or Jefferson Lines or something like that. How many of you have traveled like that before? More than I thought. That's good. Um, I had the opportunity uh, to travel a few weeks ago by bus. We had purchased a new vehicle, and um, we bought it from a friend down in Oklahoma who is the head salesman in a, in a Toyota dealership down there, and I wanted him to have the business. Um, he's, he's retiring uh, this week, I believe, he retired, and we wanted to give him a sale. And um, so I bought through him, and I knew I could trust him. I knew I'd get the best deal from him. And so um, we purchased a vehicle down in Oklahoma, and so I needed to go down and get it. And so I boarded a bus in Burnsville and rode it down to Perry, Oklahoma. And it's a long trip, uh, especially when you have a four-hour stop in Kansas City in the middle of the night. Um, it was quite an experience. Um, ended up taking Jefferson bus lines from here to Kansas City and then got on Greyhound from Kansas City to Perry, Oklahoma. Um, as expected, it was a cross-cultural experience. It always is. I've done this before, and um, the last time was just amazing how uh, God put things together, and there was, a, there was a small team of believers on that bus, and we just sort of worked the whole bus over. It was great. It was just awesome how God set that up, set up all kinds of perfect conversations um, where we could speak hope into that situation. So I got on the bus this time in, uh, in Burnsville and um, walked onto the bus, and I had decided that This time I was going to sit up near the front of the bus. Um, Normally I sat somewhere near the back. This time I was going to sit up in the front. I wanted to see the road. Um, I felt like it passed time faster if I could see where we were going and I wasn't just trapped in that tiny little box between seats. And so I got on the bus and, um, and approached the seats, and there was a first row of seats, and the driver had his stuff there. And so I went to the second row, and there was no one sitting there, and so I sat down and um, settled in. Across the aisle from me uh, was a woman named Donna. Donna was about 60 years old, maybe in her early 60s. And Donna looked weathered. She looked like life had really taken it out of her. And that proved to be true. She was a very chatty person. Um, She talked a lot. And that was fine. That was fine with me. Um, But she talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And she was just happy that someone was sitting across the aisle from her so she could talk. 
she told me all kinds of facts that um, I don't think I'll ever forget. Um, her tongue is two and a quarter inches long. <laughs> I didn't measure it. She told me that her tongue is two and a quarter inches long, just to clarify that. <laughs> and she, she said that in reference to trouble she has eating. Her, her tongue is too big for her mouth or something like this. It was, it was a very strange story. Um, she told me that she had been hit by lightning. Now, I, I typically would not believe that. Um, I, I've actually been struck by ricochet lightning off a huge boulder right next to me, and it went right through my body. And, um, but she said she had been hit directly by lightning. And I did not really believe that. She had a whole story around it, but I didn't really believe it until I loaned her my phone to call someone in the, air, the place she was going to in Missouri, and, uh, and, and she couldn't get the phone to function because she's charged. Her body was charged. It was crazy, and so, so I ended up dialing for her and all this stuff. And Anyway, this was Donna, and she was chatty. And, and around our first stop, we ended up getting off the bus um, to go and, and get a snack. We were getting something to eat. We stopped at a, at a Burger King um, south of the cities, and we were told we could get off and get something to eat. And, um, and I stepped off the bus, and a guy had gotten off before me, and it was this old war vet, and his name was Sarge. And um, Sarge was standing there, and Donna had mentioned Sarge. And she had mentioned, and this was amazing to me, Donna had maybe a dollar fifty to her name. That's about it. She had mentioned that she was going to buy a hamburger for Sarge um, with the money that she had. And she had a long trip ahead of her and nothing to keep her going. Um, but I got off the bus, and Sarge was there. And... Um, and he looks at me as I come off the bus and shakes his head and says, she must be driving you crazy. <laughs> Sarge had started in my seat and had moved. <laughs> I said, no, she's, she's not driving me crazy. It's, it's passing the time faster. And it was. It passed the time faster. Um, Donna's story amazed me. She began to open up about her life and about the things that she had been through, the things that had happened to her, the, the state she was in now and what was happening to her now. And I listened, and every so often when there was a, a gap, I would try my best to speak words of hope into her life and, and just kind of remind her that there's a God who loves her um, no matter what. And at, uh, at one point, very early on in the conversation, and I really hadn't said anything. I had said nothing about who I was or what I did or anything like that. Um, she just stopped mid-sentence and goes, you must be a pastor. It was quite amazing, and I took it as a compliment. And uh, she carried on to tell me her story, and her story included a bit of a faith history from when she was young. And you could see in her mind she was going back there. She was going back to a safe place. She was going back to a place where she felt loved and she felt wanted. And there were things coming out from her childhood then that she began to share. And all of a sudden she, she burst into song, uh, which was quite amazing. And she sang, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And as I learned more about Donna's story, I was blown away by the fact that she could sing that song. Because if you listen to her story, you would not agree that goodness and mercy had followed her all the days of her life. Donna had been abused from day one. 
She had gone through all kinds of abuse. And the stories that she shared with me just broke my heart. She talked about what had been done to her and her path. And she had moved from relationship to relationship to relationship in her adult life and had just had her heart smashed over and over and over again. The very last example of that before I met Donna was her being grabbed by the hair by the guy she was living with, dragged outside and thrown onto the curb and her stuff was thrown out the front door. She was told to go away. This was Donna's life. Throughout her whole life, there was no one that she could trust. There was no one that would watch over her. She finally ran out of steam a little bit. And, 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 and during, during her conversation, this was something that sort of revealed where she was too. About three or four times during our conversation or her conversation, she said, is my talking bothering you? And just looked for assurance over and over again. And I could just hear her saying, am I safe with you? Is it okay for me to share my story with you? Can I talk to you? When she finally ran out of steam, she uh, said, I'm, I'm going to go to sleep now. I haven't slept for days. She said, will you watch over my stuff? And I said, yeah, I'll watch over your stuff. She says, I never know who I can trust. And so Donna snuggled up in her little two seats there and put her head on armrest and as she laid her head down, um, just settled in, she all of a sudden just lifted her head up and looked at me and with total sincerity in her eyes, she said, Paul, thank you for watching over me. Listen, the world needs a shepherd. The world needs somebody to watch over them. The world needs someone that they can trust. Someone that they can put their hope in. Someone that they know that they're safe with. The world needs Jesus. And this is why God sent Jesus. God's message to us in this baby that was born in Bethlehem was simply this. I will watch over you. And he said, I am, your, I am the great shepherd. And it's no wonder, it's no wonder that God sent the angels to announce the birth of the Messiah to some shepherds in a field. Because it was a, a very clear display of his character. He said, this is who I am. This is the kind of king that I am. I'm a shepherd king. I will watch over you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. What a gift we've received in an eternal shepherd in Jesus Christ. That's, that's what the king is like. He's a shepherd king. The second story goes right along with the public transportation theme. <laughs> I want to talk about another aspect of God's character. And this time, the story takes place in a taxi. It's not my story. I recently came across a, a short movie 
called The Ride. Um, I'm not going to show you the whole movie. It's 30 minutes long. Um, What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to tell you the first 20 minutes, and then I'm going to show you the last 10 minutes. Because this story is just profound to me. I've fallen in love with it. The movie's set in Chicago, and it's about a taxi driver, and this taxi driver was called in to, to sub for somebody on Christmas Eve. He has to go and work on Christmas Eve. And so it's about this driver and a rider that he picks up. The driver is a Christian. He's missing out on Christmas Eve with his family. And his family at that time that he's driving is at church. He's missing out on that. And he's missing out on a gathering with extended family. He talks about his mother's roast and, and how he wants to be there and and he's, but he's missing that, and he's working on Christmas Eve. As the movie starts, he's got his first rider in the taxi, and, and it's just a, a guy who's just completely obsessed with his job, and he's, he's all excited as he's talking about on the phone about closing a big deal and all that kind of stuff, and he's, he's very shallow, very surfacy, and, and he gets out of the, uh, of the cab, and, and the driver picks up another fare. And this guy gets in the taxi, and um, he says that he wants to be dropped off at an intersection in Chicago that is right where a bridge starts. And the driver asks him, oh, you're talking about such and such a business. And he says, no, not there. He wouldn't say, but he just said, not there. He just wanted to be dropped off at the bridge. So right off the bat, the driver knows that something's wrong. And he knows that the rider's in a very bad mood. He's, he's bothered by something. And as they go, the, the driver has some Christmas music on the radio. And the rider says, can you shut that off, please? Makes him turn off the Christmas music. Driver tries to start conversation with him. And the rider just will have nothing to do with it. And he says to the driver, are you always this chatty? Driver says, actually, no, I'm not. Right, says, so why start now? And they progress in the drive and um, in their conversation a little bit, the, the driver makes a comment about, you know, his family being at church and that kind of thing. And the rider makes some sarcastic comment about church and says how basically how it let him down. And that's, he just doesn't want to have anything to do with that. They carry on. And the, the driver realizes that he needs to stall. He needs more time to talk to this guy to get through to him. And so he starts these different things to stall. And so he pulls into a gas station. He says, I'm going to fill up with gas, okay? And rider goes, whatever. And he pulls into a gas station. And as he pulls in, the rider's looking at the gas gauge going, you don't need gas. And the driver goes, well, uh, you know, a lot of gas stations will shut down early on Christmas Eve. So I just want to make sure. So he stops and he gets out of the cab and he puts the nozzle in and calls his dispatcher and he says, there's something wrong. What should I do here? There's something really bothering this rider. What should I do? And the dispatcher says, don't, don't worry about it. They pay us to take them where they want to go. And once they get there, what they do is none of our business. Just writes it off. Driver can't handle that. And so they carry on and he's, he's looking for other ways to to stall. And so he takes a different road. He all of a sudden turns off their road and goes to a different one. The rider goes, what are you doing? He says, well, I heard it's congested up ahead. So I think we should go this way. And driver's just getting, or the rider's just getting mad. And um, he just can't get through to him. The driver just can't get through to this fare. 
And uh, so he says, uh, hey, he says, um, can I buy you a donut? I want to stop at this donut shop. They have the best donuts in the city. Whatever. So they pull over, and he stops at the donut shop. And, and they go in, and um, the driver says to the writer, says, what do you want? And he says, nothing. I don't want anything. Really? Nothing? I'm buying nothing. And so the driver places the order, and while they're getting the donuts ready, the rider says, I'm going outside to have a cigarette. And he goes out. And he leaves his cell phone on the counter by accident. The driver picks up the cell phone and opens it up. He's nervous, but he opens it up, and he looks at texts. And he sees a text exchange between the rider and one of his friends. And his friend is laughing about how this guy got fired from his job because he came in drunk. And there's all this history in there, and, and, and it's revealed that the writer has dumped his stuff at his friend's house, and he's done. And then there's in, in the, the draft box, there's a text to his father. And it says, Dad, you'll read about me in the morning. This is goodbye. He hasn't sent it. But it's there ready to be sent. And so the driver sees this and puts it down. And, and he keeps trying. He keeps trying. He keeps trying to get through to him. But he can't. And he finally gets to this bridge. And he drops the rider off and leaves him there. But you can see in the driver's face, he's just a mess. How can I do this? How can I leave him? And he drives away. He only gets a few, a few blocks and he can't handle it. He turns around and he comes racing back. And he gets there and he, he talks to the, the rider and he says, don't do this. Don't do this. And he begins to explain to him that there's hope. And, and the, the rider goes, I, I have already heard all that stuff. And he asks him about his family. And he says, well, my parents are here, but um, they won't see me. They don't want to see me. They haven't seen me in years. And then he begins to lay out why they're so disappointed in him. And he talks about his mistakes, his failures. Some of them were pretty profound. But he lays this all out and says, this is who I am. This is what I've done. I've let my dad down so many times that he's just lost hope in me. He doesn't care about me. Nobody cares about me. I've got no one. I have nothing. I'm done. So this is what happens. We're going to pick the movie up at this point. Just watch the last 10 minutes of this movie. I love my kids. What? I love my kids. Whatever they did, no matter what I said about it, I would, I would never not want them to come back. Never. They're not perfect. Father, 
especially if he goes to any kind of decent church. Then he'll know what grace is. Take him by his place. You know, you, you give him a call. We'll drive by. If, if, if it doesn't work or, or he's not there or whatever, then I will drop you wherever you want to go and I will leave you alone. step out? No, it's fine. Okay. Go ahead. Now? Just give it a try. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is that he that he doesn't answer or he hangs up. Either way, you're no worse off. not there i'm i'm sorry i missed you uh so um i mean i'm in town and um i was thinking uh well i was thinking well, we could we could talk if you want to uh if you if you don't want to that's fine too um so I'm going to be by a little later, and I, I don't, I don't want to make things awkward. I, I don't want you to see me if you don't want to. So um, you're probably at church or whatever, anyways. But if you get this before I'm by, um, instead of me knocking, how about uh, leaving the front light on if you want me to come to the door? If you don't want to see me, I completely, you know, I understand. I'll just pass by, uh, no pressure. So, um, that's it. 
So, uh, light on. If you want me to stop in, otherwise, uh, well, okay. Bye. You okay? Let's go. You know, let's just give a minute, just in case. I'll, I'll take the long way. There's a surprise. Put on some Christmas music. It's uh, fine. There's a card in there with the contact info from my church. You know, we've got help for this kind of thing if you want it. Oh, oh okay. So, uh, what do I owe you? Come on. Merry Christmas.
834 to dispatch. Come in, 834. Are you on your way back? Actually, I was wondering. You got any more for me? So what kind of king is this? He's a father king. God sent Jesus to this world to tell us that we are welcome back no matter what. And Jesus himself was the one who made it possible for us to come back and to be reunited with our father. And the character of that father was reflected in the son throughout his whole time here on earth. Do you need a shepherd? Do you need a father? I know I do. And in this baby king, born in a stable, laid in a manger, We were given a king, a king who would be our shepherd, a king who would lead us back to our father. And this Christmas, I hope that you celebrate with me the coming of that king, that kind of king. We can put our hope in that king. We can put our hope in his character. We can put our hope in his power. We can put our hope in the gift that he sent for us. We can put our hope in his plan, in his promises to us. There's hope this Christmas. I'd like to end our time with prayer here. If you would just close your eyes and bow your heads and let's just come before that king. this morning, if you're here and, and you don't know that king, but you want to know that king, because you need a shepherd, you need a father, you need to know that there's someone who will provide for you and protect you and watch over you. You need to know that there's someone who offers you grace, boundless grace, and welcomes you back to him back into relationship with him. If you don't have that and you're looking for that this morning, I want to pray with you. I want to pray over you this morning. If that's you, if you're looking for a shepherd, you're looking for a king, you just put your hand up right now. Just put your hand up and let me know. Yeah, that's me. I need a shepherd. I need a father. Just put your hand straight up and let me know. I'll pray with you. If that's you, here's all you need to do right now to get this relationship restored and begin to walk with 
that shepherd king, that father king. You just come before God right now in the quietness of your mind and let him know that you're there. Say, God, I need you. I need a shepherd. I need a father. God, I've made mistakes that have kept me from you. But I want to be with you again. God, forgive me for the mistakes that I've made. And thank you for your grace. For accepting me and loving me. And welcoming me back. God, I accept your gift. The gift of Jesus Christ. Through him, I know I can have a relationship with you again. Father, I pray for those who are reaching out to you this morning, who at this Christmas time know that they need a shepherd, they need a father. And I ask that you would make yourself very real to them, not just here in this room, but every day of their lives. That you would walk with them and guide them. That you would connect them with a church where they can grow in their understanding of you, their relationship with you, their relationship with your family, your sons and daughters. And learn more and more about the promises that you've made to them, the plan that you have for them. Father, for all of us, I ask that at this Christmas time, we would not miss the reality of what happened. That we would praise you for sending a shepherd king, a father king. That we would see your character this Christmas. That we would understand how much you love us. How much you want to restore us. God, I pray for each family here and each individual here that this Christmas would be special to them because they would, in a new way, maybe in a deeper way than they ever have before, hold on to your grace, your love, your provision, your protection and see you for who you are. Thank you for this season to celebrate Bless each of us as we go through today and tomorrow. Bless us with a reminder of who you are and how much you love us. We praise you and thank you for Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. I'm going to have the worship team come now. and We're going to close with um, one last song. We're going to sing a song that maybe some of you don't know. It's called Prince of Heaven, and it talks about this king. It talks about Jesus. It's a beautiful song. And I ask that you just enter into that. And then at the end of that song, we're going to sing the first verse of Silent Night together without music, just our voices. While this song is playing, 
Um, the ushers are going to come to the ends of the aisles and they're going to light your candles. Pass that light down the aisle and while this song is being sung and played, um, we'll fill this room with light. Merry Christmas on behalf of Chapel Hill Church. Very glad that you're here this morning. I hope you have a wonderful celebration.